It was a Sabbath. So naturally, I went to the synagogue. Most of the town goes to the synagogue. You know, if you watch people arriving, you can guess at some of the hassles, some of the problems that they've had in getting there. There's the men who look so weary, tired after six days' labor, looking forward to their day of rest. Or there's the mums, bearing the battle scars of the weekly fight with their children. Come on, hurry up, get a move on. We're going, now. Why? Because I said so and I'm the mummy. There's a guy with a bad temper. I guess he's burnt his toast once again. And then there's the traffic. I don't know what it's like around your way, but here, the traffic is horrendous. It's a nightmare. Something has to be done about it. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time I've arrived late. I rush into church. I'm here. Would you believe it? Right there. Right there. There's someone sitting in my seat. That's my seat. Our family have sat there since, since Adam was a boy. It's the Sabbath. So naturally, I went to the synagogue. They come from all over town. They come from different parts, different backgrounds, different experiences, different emotions. But they come. We all come. Well, it's the right thing to do, isn't it? It's what's expected of you. It's your religious duty. It's the holy habit. I mean, if I didn't come, people would start to ask questions. They would be talking about me. I've been coming to the synagogue, synagogue every Sabbath for, well, as long as I can remember. Mind you, between you and me, it can be a bit boring at times. You know, a bit staid, same old, same old, the regular routine. You know, there's a predictable liturgy, there's a reading from the Torah, there'll be a talk from one of the teachers, we might get some singing, and then freedom at last. I can escape home to that lovely roast that I left in the oven. It was a Sabbath, so naturally I went to the synagogue. But in that day, there was a stranger there. And no one who was there will ever, ever forget what happened during the service. He was a visiting speaker. No one had really heard much about him. I had to check the update and my heart sank when I saw that he was from Nazareth. For pity's sake, Nazareth. I mean to say, Nazareth. Nazareth's a hick town. It's a backwater. Can you tell me anything good that ever came out of Nazareth? Except perhaps the road to Capernaum. <laughs> no. So I prepared myself. I settled down. I got out the mints. I tried to get comfortable in the, the wooden seat, hoping that I wouldn't fall asleep again. Or at least hoping this time I didn't snore. 
But then he started. Now don't get me wrong, this guy is no John the Baptist. No, there's no theatrics, there's no funny clothes, there's no waving arms, there's no fire and brimstone. There was just something, something special. There was something special when he spoke. It was incredible. And it wasn't that his message, that his words were particularly fresh. It wasn't that his ideas were innovative. His illustrations were easy to understand. It wasn't that he was better prepared than I thought he would be. No, there was just something about the guy that made you sit up and take note. Even the teenagers who worked so hard to get that um, bored look in their faces were paying closer attention than they'd care to admit. This guy had, what's the word? He had authority. That's it. This guy had authority. It seemed that when he spoke his message about the kingdom of God, they were one and the same thing. There was a presence about the man. It's difficult to put my finger on. His authority. His authority wasn't because of some degree that was stuck to his study wall. It wasn't because of some ordination that he had. It wasn't that he was just a great orator. No, this man was the very message that he preached. It was incredible. You could hear people starting to whisper, this guy's good, this guy's very good. Do you think he'll come back next week? Do you think he'll come back as a new pastor? No. I even saw one guy picking up his update and writing the word wow and showing it to his neighbor. I was beginning to realize that something remarkable, something incredible was happening in the place. When all of a sudden, from the back of the synagogue, there was this almighty shriek, whoa! I was startled. We were all startled. I turned around to see what the commotion was. And there's this loony, there's this weirdo on his feet shouting out, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Well, can I reassure you, that sort of thing does not happen in our synagogue. No way. We are a respectable congregation. And then the preacher man says to the weirdo, he didn't say it, he commanded him, be quiet. Turns out that the preacher's name was Jesus. And I think that was what was in everyone's lips. I mean, you can't tolerate that kind of behavior in a synagogue, for goodness sake. No, no, no. The synagogue is not the place for the likes of that. Where were the elders? There should have been a couple of them hustling him out the door. Now, I was so glad when Jesus spoke out loud and said, be quiet, because that's what I was thinking. But then, then he said something that I would never have thought of, not in a million years. He said, come out of him, come out of him. Do you know what happened? Immediately, immediately, this guy has a, a convulsion, a fit. 
He starts to shake like a leaf in a thunderstorm. He lets out one shriek and then he collapses to the floor in a heap. But wait, wait till I tell you next bit. You're not going to believe this, but this is the God's honest truth. This is what happened. I saw it with my own eyes. The guy got up off the deck and he was better. He was better. He was better. The fire had gone from his eyes and there was a a calmness about him. At that precise moment, he was the only calm person in the building. The rest of us are just lifting our jaws off the floor. I mean, usually by that point in the service, my mind's beginning to drift onto more important things like, will I be home in time for the roast before it dries up? Or I'm thinking about the jobs that she's got lined up for me to do this afternoon. I'm wondering what might be in the television. But not that day. No way, no. I can guarantee that not one mind wandered during that service. Because I, because we, had encountered Jesus. And he was the only thing that we could talk of or think of for a long, long time to come. It was the Sabbath. So naturally, I went to the synagogue. But that day I came home from the synagogue with this overwhelming sense that I had been in the presence of the living God. And not in a natural way. But what I didn't know was that day, the very Son of God was there in that synagogue, right beside me. And today is our Sabbath. And so naturally, we've come to church. We've come from different places. We've come from different backgrounds. We've come with different experiences, with different emotions. But we've come. Why have we come? What's our motivation in coming? What's our expectation? To become because it's the right thing to do? To become because it's what's expected of us? To become to meet up with our friends? To become because it's a holy habit? To become to encounter the living God? To become hoping that something supernatural will happen? To become expecting the very Son of God to be here, shaking us up, disturbing us? Often when I read Bible stories, I start to think about which of the characters in that story most resembles, most resembles me. Who do you associate with in the story? One of the folks who's struggling to be there? One of the elders who should have taken action maybe? You one of the listeners? One of the leaders? Let me tell you who I am. I'm the person with the unclean spirit. I'm the demon-possessed man. Do you believe in demons? For me, 
they're very real. My mum would often talk of her demons, and as I got older, I began to understand what she meant. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Us? Us? Who are the us? Us are the different parts that go to make up my character. Us are the different experiences that have shaped my life. Us are the different emotions that have made me who I am, good or ill, all too often for ill. But for a large part, they're good at hiding themselves under the skin. They're out of sight, but not out of mind. They're boiling away inside. What do you want with us? These things that I try to forget ever happened. Those bad thoughts, ill will towards other people, petty jealousies, unimportant issues. These things that are a thorn in the flesh. Jesus, you've just irritated them. You've just reminded me of them. You've brought them to the surface. I don't want them there. I want these things kept in the dark. I want these things hidden out of sight. Because they upset me. They bother me. They frighten me. There's pain there that I've tried to suppress for a long time. But oh no, you have to go poking away at it. There's worry, there are issues that I only let out when I'm on uh, on my own. There's hurt there caused by people I love or people I want to love, people I need to love. And I guess that most of us have places like that. We're good at managing them though, aren't we? We're good at suppressing them. Remember the story of Moses going up into the mountain to meet God? And as he came down from the mountain, the children of Israel knew something about Moses that he didn't know. That his face was aglow. There was this bright light coming from it. And it was so powerful that he put a veil, he put a mask over his face to protect the children of Israel. But as time went on, Moses knew something that the children of Israel didn't know. Moses knew that the glow had gone, but still he wore the veil. Still he had the mask over his face. He was keeping up the pretense that things were just as they are. Don't we wear masks? I think three times this morning people have said something along the lines of, how are you? And my word and answer is fine. Don't we do that so often? We say fine when a response is really far from the truth. Because the demons are there. Perhaps in the background for the moment, but they're there. One of our boys, not here present, you're okay Andrew, um, when he was much younger would have night terrors. So he'd waken up in the middle of the night, he'd get out of his bed. I say he wakened up in the middle of the night, he wasn't really awake. And he'd be waving his arms and he'd be sweating and he'd be screaming, I'm going to fall, I'm going to fall, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. There was no reasoning with him. 
the monsters had come out from under the bed. Delighted to say that as far as I know, he's beyond that stage. <laughs> Maybe I should check with his wife. But there are times when I say of my own experience, I'm so glad that I'm beyond that stage. When suddenly, when I'm least expecting it, the monster returns. Something happens, something's said, and it's as though we're back to square one. Isn't the problem that we want to hold on to past hurts, past angers, past failures? So we build a wall, we erect a barrier so that we don't have to approach other people, people who love us and care for us. We miss out in the opportunity of being close to other people. You see, we can't open ourselves up to others. We won't open ourselves up to others for fear of being hurt again, for fear of, at least in our own eyes, being humiliated. We don't want to make ourselves vulnerable. We don't want anyone to have any kind of hold over us. And these demons don't just separate us from other people. They separate us from God. Because if we're being serious, really serious about our faith, if we're saying that He is Lord of all, we have to submit completely to His authority. And when you submit to authority, you become vulnerable. And we'd have to change. Our relationships would have to change. But we don't like that. We want to be in control. It's my life. I'm going to call the shots. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. <clears throat> and the man in the temple had a fit shaking all over as Jesus was healing him. The demons didn't want to come out. They were happy where they were. That's where they stayed. After the storm this week, did you go around your garden picking up the twigs and branches and sticks and putting them in a bag, tidying up, take them up to the dump to empty the bag, and you shake the bag, but some of the sticks stay behind? It's a hard job getting rid of all of the sticks. We shake and we shake. It took a lot of shaking to get the demons out of the man. We don't want to give up our defences, our vulnerability, our self-control. It's a struggle that takes a lot of shaking. Jesus spoke with authority. I find it interesting that the Greek words for authority and exorcism are in some ways similar. And when Jesus spoke with authority, come out of him, the demons were exorcised. Thank God that Jesus comes to us again and again and shakes us up. Thank God that the Holy Spirit is willing to walk with us day by day through the rough as well as the smooth. Thank God that the only thing that I need to depend upon is Jesus.
And it's scary when you open yourselves up to other people. It's scary when you lay your life before them. But here's the thing. God already knows. God already knows your foibles. God already knows your weaknesses. God already knows your failings. He already knows your regrets. And despite that, God still loves you. God still loves me, monsters and all. All he asks is that we submit completely to his authority, that we give him unilateral control. It's the Sabbath, and naturally, we're in church. And the amazing, the incredible thing is that the supernatural Son of God is here, right here, right now, saying to us, be quiet. I'll take care of it. And he exercises the demons. Come out of there. There's no room for you. That's my place. That's my home. That's where I want to dwell. And he says to you and to me, you can depend on me. I'll never leave you or forsake you. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory. The King above all kings. If we can, shall we stand and sing? Mm -hmm.